Come on, I said he's still doing good. You're not convincing enough. <laughs> it's good to be back this week. Uh, how about that? For those of you that were here last week or maybe you caught the podcast, how about that word last week, against all hope? Man, I believe that was a blessing to, uh, to you. I know we even went back and listened to it. Um, we can use that message as well. And so uh, hopefully that was a blessing to you. And I uh, want to welcome those of you that are watching online. And we're excited. Next week we celebrate three years as a church. And it's incredible to look around, see what God has done. Yeah. See what God has done in three years. Um, uh, man, it's it's exceeded our expectations, and I believe yours as well. And, and hopefully it's been a blessing to you at uh, whatever part in the journey you're on with us. And so maybe this is your first week. Maybe you've been here for a few months. Maybe you've been here all three years since day one. Uh, this thing has kind of evolved, and God has had his hand in it. And so we're excited uh, about what God wants to speak to us. going to have some uh, just really some special things we're going to talk about next week as we celebrate. And so you'll want to be here for that. And then a specific word that I think God has put on my heart for that Sunday. And so don't miss that next weekend as we celebrate three years. And then the Sunday after that, October the 6th, first Sunday in October, is our night of worship. And you'll want to be here for that. And, uh, man, last year we had an incredible, incredible, incredible night of worship. Man, the presence of God was here. And so if, uh, if that's your thing, uh, it really should be all of our thing, right? Uh, just be in the presence of God. And so that's going to begin on Sunday evening, October the 6th at 6 p.m. And it's going to be a great time. And so we want you to be here for that. And um, today I want to share with you this message. Well, before I do this, I want to say this. So so we were gone. Many of you know we were gone um, all last week. And we were in Colorado and had a had a great time. I can't even put into words uh, how amazing it was and 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 everything that, that we were able to experience while we were there. Uh, but then, you know, we, we're driving home, and we get home last night about 8.30 p.m., and, <laughs> and we pull down this alley, and for those of you that participate in this, you kind of know where we live now, but we, you pull down this alley, and we pull down, and the lights hit this little thing. I'm like, oh, look at that. Somebody built us this, you know, this little thing for like trash cans, you know, and all, where they pick up the trash and all this. And then my wife, who's in the passenger seat, she looks over and she says, no, somebody built us an entire new fence around our backyard. So I would, I would love to have, I would love to have her on stage with me to, to say thank you. She's serving in, uh, in babies, the first service today. And loving on, loving on the babies over there. But we just want to say from the bottom of our heart, thank you. It was, it was an incredible surprise. And from what I understand, I don't even know who all was there helping. I know that people gave money. I know that people showed up and worked. I know that I, I don't know what all went into it, really. Um, but from the bottom of our hearts, uh, for every person that had any hand in that at all, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. It was a very nice, amazing, wonderful surprise <laughs> to come home to. And so uh, we are, we are genuinely thank you, thankful uh, for what you guys did for us while we were gone. Um, so today I want to share really just a standalone, we'll begin a new series here in a couple of weeks, but uh, today is just this standalone message that I feel like God put on my heart to share with you. Um, and I feel like he gave this to me a few weeks ago. And I believe that uh, I want you to lean in today. 
I want you to lean in because I know that normally we're in a series, we're kind of building off of things, but I believe that God gave me this word because it, it was for me and I believe it's for you that God wants to help you today and God wants to, to, to plant something inside of you, maybe give you some new tools to use in your life, in your relationships. And so I want you to lean in and I'm calling this message today, Guard Your Heart. Guard your heart if you're taking notes. And you can get the notes. I know while we were in at the movies, we didn't have our notes on the Bible app. But now you can get the notes on the Bible app. Again, now that we're kind of back to uh, to our regular routine, uh, you can get the notes on there if you want to take notes on there. Or if you want to write some things down, I encourage you to do that. But this is called, uh, this is titled Guard Your Heart. Guard Your Heart. Come on, look at your neighbor. Look, look him right in the eye and tell him, you need to guard your heart. You need to guard your heart. You need to guard your heart. Now, one thing, uh, one thing I'm pretty sure we've all learned to do in life is to monitor and modify our behavior. Anybody learned this, this art of monitoring and modifying your behavior? You know what I'm talking about? When you know how to act and what to say in the right moment, at the right time, around the right people, you know, and when you're around these people, it's a little bit different, and when you're at church, it's a little bit different. Come on, somebody, can we be real at church today? Uh, when, you know, you come in, just, oh, we're just blessed. You fought all the way to church today. Don't even be lying to nobody. Your kids got two different color socks on today over in iKids because you were running out trying to get to the 930 service. But we've learned, we've, we've learned how to do life and to monitor life and modify our behavior, whether it be at home or at work or with a certain group of friends or with our family. Uh, we know how to do things like this. You know, maybe you can find yourself in something like this. We know how to sit up straight when we need to. Come on, anybody have that teacher in school when you were in school that wanted you, that made you sit up straight? And you're like, this hurts. Well, the reason why it hurts is because you don't do it. But they're trying to get you to sit up straight. And so we know, oh, I know when to, I know when to sit up straight when I'm supposed to. I know how to say please when I'm supposed to. I know how to dress a certain way depending on the environment or the people that I'm going to be around or whether I'm coming to church or whether I'm sitting at home or whether I'm going to work. I know what kind of clothes to put on. I can modify these things. I know how to act a certain way when I'm around certain people. Come on, somebody. When I get around certain people, I feel like I need to act a certain way, and I've figured out how to do that and, and modify that. But here's something else that, that I know about me and you is that every once in a while, We'll say something or do something that we, that we didn't see coming. You ever had this happen to you? You say something or you do something, and it's like it just, it just spills out of you. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you're, you're, trying to be this, you're, trying, <laughs> you're trying to be this good person, you know, and put on this, 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 this facade or whatever, and then something just comes out of you, and you're like, like I don't even know. <laughs> I, I don't even know what just happened. Right? You know, something something just kind of just just comes out of you, and this happens. Maybe it's an angry outburst, or it's a bitter remark, or, or a stupid comment, or an action that seems to have, have just happened. And, and many times after this happens, we say or we think something like this, right? Well, something will kind of just, it'll just come out of us, and we're like, oh, you know, and we'll say something like this. It's this little phrase right here. Do we have this on the screen? I don't know where that came from. You ever said this before? Something, something just comes out of you. You're like, I don't know where that came from. You know, your your spouse looks at you like, did you really just do that? And I don't know where that came from. You're at church and the person next to you is like, did you really just do that? And I don't know where that came from. Right? Sometimes these things just happen. We we've learned how to modify and monitor what we do, but sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes we do the wrong thing in the wrong situation. And and here's what I want. Uh, to help us with today, I want to help us know and understand where that thing comes from 
and then we're going to go into four different four different emotions and four different things that I believe are going to be a benefit to you. We'll get into those in just a moment. But I want to I want to read a few verses from the Bible to kind of let us know, let us have some insight into where these things are coming from. So if you've ever had a moment where you said something, you did something, you're like, I don't know where that came from. I don't that you know, I hate that I did that. I regret that I did. I feel guilty that I said that. If you've ever had a moment like this, here's what it says in Proverbs 4.23. You've probably heard this or read this before. It says, guard your heart above all else. Why? For it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. And then here's what Jesus even said in Matthew 15. We're going to read about 20 verses And then we'll talk about this for just a few moments. But here's what Jesus says in in Matthew 15, starting in verse 1. He says, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey your age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. So basically they're coming to Jesus like, listen up, man. These people that are hanging out with you, they don't even wash their hands before you eat. And it's like, really? You know, really? They don't even, they don't even, they're not even sticking with the tradition. Of what they're supposed to do. And Jesus replied, and, and why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? I love Jesus' response to people that tried to, like, tra- trap him in situations. Jesus just fires right back, right? You know, it's like, it, it, like, if you, like, when you ask Jesus a question, you need to expect to get the real answer, right? So Jesus is, he comes back and they're like, why, why are you not, they're not even washing their hands before they eat. And Jesus says, and why do you, by your traditions, these traditions you're talking about, you violate the direct commandments. Like, you're violating the things that God told you to do by trying to hold the traditions that you're wanting everybody else to hold true to. Are you with me? So in verse 4, it says, For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips. Don't miss this. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. (laughs) You got, and we're not finished yet. We're going to read a little bit more. But you got all the right things to say. Jesus is looking them in the eye. You're saying all the right things, but your heart's not in the right place. You're, you're, you know everything. You know how to modify what you say based on who you're around. But your heart's not really close to me. Your heart's far away from me. You got the right words, but your heart's not in it. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come. And here, listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you said? They're like, Jesus, they're hacked, man. They're ticked off by what you said. You know, Jesus is like, yeah, I realize that I offended the Pharisees, you know, by what I said, but they needed to hear it. Do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Jesus replied, every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted, so ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind, and if one person, if one blind person guides another, they both, they will both fall into a ditch. Then Peter said to Jesus, explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. 
don't you understand yet, Jesus asked, anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. Jesus flips the script on them. They, come, they think they've got a cake. Like, you know, we have this tradition around here, Jesus, that people wash their hands before they eat. Now, I'm not telling you not to wash your hands before you eat. That's probably a good practice to keep, <laughs> to keep in your back pocket. But they're making people feel guilty and like they are living wrong because they are not washing their hands before they eat. Jesus, don't you, don't you, don't you make the people that are closest to you follow the tradition that says, you know, you've got to wash your hands before you eat. And Jesus flips the whole thing upside down. He says, listen, you're so worried about washing your hands before you eat. You're violating everything else that God has commanded you to do because you're trying to come up with these man-made traditions that make people feel like they're right with God, but your heart is not in it. You've got all the right things to say. But your heart is somewhere off in the distance. It's not even close to me. You've modified your behavior. You've modified your mouth. But you have not given me your heart. And then Jesus turns around and says, this is what actually defiles you. The things that come out of your mouth, the things that, that are going on in your life, it's all coming from the heart. And then he says, adultery, sexual immorality, lying, cheating, all of these things, they're all coming from what's in your heart. Peter says, explain it to me. Jesus says, here's how I explain it to you. It's all coming from your heart. What is in your heart will overflow out of your life. It will come out of your mouth. It will come out in your actions. It will come out in all of these things. And both Solomon in Proverbs and Jesus tell us that what's in our heart is the problem. So if you've ever had a moment where you're like, I don't even know where that came from. I don't even know why I had that thought. I don't even know why I said that. I don't know why I was so rude. I don't even know where that came from. I don't know why I did that, th that thing. Jesus and Solomon would say, it's coming from your heart. That there's something, what, what, I believe if they were here today, they would say, you need to check your heart. You need to guard your heart because what is coming out that you think, you know, I've got it modified and I've got it, you know, I know when to say the right thing. And then every once in a while I slip up. It's because you need to check your heart. We need guardrails for our heart because eventually our behavior on the outside will mirror what's going on inside. We've got to learn to guard our heart because eventually, maybe not right now, maybe you got it figured out right now. You got everybody fooled right now. You've got you've got on the mask right now. But eventually, what's going on on the outside will mirror or reflect what's going on on the inside. And I don't know about you, but I want what's coming out on the outside to be good and pleasing to God and be encouraging to people. And so in order for in order for me to get that, I've got to check what's going on on the inside. Because out of the inside, where my heart is, that's what's going to come out in my life. And so with the rest of our time today, I want to talk to you about four emotions that I think should, should ding or set off a warning light. You ever been driving down the road and, and you're driving and the check engine light comes on or the tire pressure light comes on or whatever? Do you ever get mad at the light? Why do we get mad at the light? 
the light is just doing what the light was created to do. <laughs> like, the check engine light comes on, and you're like, you stupid check engine light. Got to get this thing turned off. And you never, and what happens if you never, <laughs> if the check engine light comes on and you don't ever check the engine, you're going to have a problem. And I think there are four things that, I, that are going to be kind of like our check engine light, if you will, today. And some of us have experienced these. Probably most of us have experienced maybe even all four of these. But I hope you see them in a different light today and how, and, and how we can apply this to our lives and, and as it pertains to guarding our heart. And so four emotions that should be kind of our check engine light or should ding our consciences. Uh, these, these four things should cause us to pause and look inward to see what's going on in our heart. So when you experience one of these four things, you should stop and say, what's going on in my heart right now? That's one of those four things. What's, what's going on in my heart? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you each one of the four emotions and then uh, give what I believe is a good, healthy response to each emotion that can kind of be the antidote to, to that in, in helping you to guard your heart. So here's number one, first emotion, guilt. I owe you. I owe you. Anybody ever felt guilty before? Guilt is an emotion that should cause you to say, hmm, what's going on in my heart? What's going on in my heart? See, here's what guilt sounds like. I owe you something because I took something from you. I took, I took your innocence. I took your reputation. I took your possession. I took your happiness. I took something from you. And because I took something from you, I now owe you something, and I feel guilt on the inside and so what's coming out of me if you've ever been in a in a place where where you were operating out of guilt and there was this emotion of guilt in you you probably did some things that you're not proud of you probably said some things that you're not proud of you probably felt some things that you're not proud of because of this emotion of guilt and we've got to learn how to check our heart whenever we feel guilt you ever felt the emotion of guilt before because you cheated on something or because you didn't do what you said you would do or because you lied or you gossiped about another person or you did something you knew you shouldn't have done and when we feel guilt we need to pause and we need to look at our heart we feel the emotion of guilt because we've done something or said something that impacted someone else in a negative way you did something you said something there was an action, there was a word, there was a phrase, there was a statement that impacted somebody else around you or in your life or directly or indirectly that caused them pain or was affected in a negative way. And so what do we do to respond to this emotion of guilt in a healthy way? If we were going to respond to, if, if you're feeling guilt inside of you, and you know this is an emotion, this is my check engine light, I need to look at what's going on inside. How do we respond in a healthy way to that? Here it is, this one word, it's this word right here, confess. <laughs> I'm preaching better than your amen and, and talking back to me right now, I'm just saying. If you're feeling this emotion of guilt, and you're, and you're stopping to say, you know what, I need to check my heart, what's going on in my heart. Here's, here's how you, here's how you uh, counteract that, it's confess. It's to confess to God. It's to confess to the person, to bring it into the light. 
you've got to learn to confess. See, here's what here's what 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 I've had a tendency to do for so long, and I think you can relate to me, is to hold everything in. So you you have these emotions, and so you just kind of bury everything underneath, and you just kind of tuck everything underneath where where nobody can see it, and ah, you know. And what happens when you do that is you have an I don't know where that came from moment. Because you've buried it and buried it and buried it. I heard this phrase one time. You just keep sweeping stuff under the rug. Eventually, you're going to trip over the rug. <laughs> Some of y'all need to write that down right now. It's like, if you continue, I need to tell my spouse that. If you keep, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> we've got to learn how to confess. We've got to learn how to confess to God. Whenever we've done something that says, I owe somebody something, I have, I impacted them in a negative way i'm going to confess that to god i'm going to confess that to that person i'm sorry i did this i'm sorry for doing this i didn't mean to hurt you whatever that looks like for you we've got to learn how to confess because it is the antidote to guilt so when you experience the emotion of guilt stop and check your heart and confess it to god confess it to the person and when you confess it's a way that you can guard your heart against guilt. Here's number two. Second emotion, if you're taking notes, is anger. You owe me. You owe me. Anger. Anybody ever been angry before? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> Some of y'all angry right now. <laughs> Here's what, here's what anger sounds like. You hurt me or took something from me. You hurt me or took something from me, and I'm angry. And whenever you, whenever you feel this emotion of anger inside of you, it needs to be a check engine light for you. It needs to be a light or something that starts going off in your mind or in your heart that says, whew, I need to check my heart. I need to check it. What's going on on the inside of me right now? Why am I so angry? Why am I so angry? You said something that hurt me. You did something that hurt me. You reacted in a way that hurt me. You went behind my back and hurt me. And because you did that, I'm angry. And many of us have probably felt the emotion of anger before. Something happened. Someone did or said something. And now you're angry. But it needs to be a moment when you experience anger instead of acting out on your anger that you turn it inward and say, what's going on in my heart? What's going on on the inside of me that's causing me to be so angry right now? Because what I'm doing and the things that, that are going on, because, and you know this to be true, that if you just bury it long enough, it's eventually going to come out. Because you keep stuffing it in your heart, stuffing it in your heart, stuffing it in your heart, and what's in your heart will eventually come out of you. And then you're going to have a moment where, um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. Well, Jesus and Solomon tell us where it comes from. It came out of your heart. It came out of your heart. So what do we do to respond to this emotion of anger in a healthy way? I believe this word right here can set some people free today. It's simply to forgive. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago as we ended our At the Movie series, and there were a lot of you that, that, uh, that extended forgiveness on that day, that you, you had that person or that thought or that, that time that you went back to to where you were able to kind of let that go and, and experience freedom. But it's forgiving the person who hurt you or forgiving the person who owes you. There's a story in the Bible, we're not going to go into it right now, but where the master forgives the servant 
of a lot. And then the servant turns around to the person that works for him and demands that he pay what was only a, a small percentage of what he had just been forgiven of himself. And how many times do we do that? Anybody, anybody ever been forgiven by Jesus for a lot? Anybody ever been forgiven by Jesus for a lot? Why is it that so often we want forgiveness? I'm all up in your business right now. <laughs> we want forget. I want to be forgiven. I don't want you to hold anything against me. I don't want him to hold anything against me. But it's so hard for me to extend forgiveness. Because I've been hurt. And I've got anger. And I've got bitterness. And we have to learn how to forgive. We've got to let them off the hook, not because they deserve it, but so you can be free. So you can be free. Forgiveness, I know we said this a couple of weeks ago, forgiveness is not saying that what happened to you is okay. Forgiveness is setting a prisoner free and then realizing that the prisoner was you. And some of us, were a prisoner to our anger and our bitterness. And we need to check our heart today and say, what's going on on the inside of me? Maybe there's somebody I need to forgive. Maybe there's something I need to let go of. Maybe there's somebody that, that I need to call. Maybe there's something that I need to do. And when you forgive... It's a way that you can guard your heart against anger. Here's number three. The third emotion is greed. Greed says, I owe me. <laughs> I owe me. Uh, greed is the assumption that it's all for my consumption. I'm going to say that again. Greed is the assumption that it's all for my consumption. That everything that comes to me is for me to consume. Every person in my life, I'm just, I'm consuming everything. Greed is the assumption that it's all for my consumption. I earned it, so I get to spend it how I want. Boy, y'all got quiet. <laughs> I earned it, so I get to spend it how I want. I deserve to have more because I work hard. Why would I serve you when I've got my own problems to deal with? It's the assumption. <laughs> you want me to say it again? I'll say it again. It's the assumption that everything is for my consumption. I owe me. I deserve it. I earned it. I get to do what I want to with it. I get to choose whether or not I give you you know, anything. I get to choose whether or not I serve you. I get to choose whether or not I do anything for you. I get to choose what I do with what I have. And many, of us, many of us, I believe, have been there before. Maybe we're there right now. You didn't have much growing up, so you hold on to everything you have now. Maybe you made a vow along the way that said, I'll never be poor like we were poor growing up. And so now you hoard everything you got. And nobody gets in. And you're not, you're not allowing what God is blessing you with to flow out of you and be a blessing to other people because you feel like I'll never, I'll never be like what we were like growing up. I'll never be like what it was like with my first spouse. My first spouse spent all the money. And so now I'm making sure that never happens again. Because I deserve to be able to spend what I make, how I want to spend it, and I'll decide whether or not I want to give, and I'll decide whether or not I want to serve, and I'll decide whether or not I want to do whatever it is that I feel like maybe I'm supposed to do. I, 
it, it's all for me. It's all for me. Maybe you tithed once and then you worried about not having enough and so you make sure now that everything is paid first before you give to God. And I'm not, and I'm not condemning you and this is not a giving message. But sometimes we do this. I've done this. Can we just be real at church today? Sometimes we, we, we step into this place and we're like, whoo, you know, I really feel like, oh, man, we need to honor God. And we need to do this. And we step out and we're like, whoo, you know, that was close last month. Let me just make sure that, uh, let me make sure that everything gets paid before we do that. And, you know, maybe we only got 6.3% left at the end of the month. And we'll just go ahead and give that because that's what we can afford. And I'm not condemning you. And I'm not saying that, I'm not telling you that you're going to hell because this is the way you operate. So don't walk out of here hearing anything like that. God loves you, Jesus loves you, and you can come to church here if you never give a dime. You can be a part of this family if you never give a dime. You can be in a group, you can serve, you can, you can, you can, you can get what God has for you. You don't have to give anything, but I'm just telling you, this is one area of our lives where, where we operate out of this emotion of greed. I've got to make sure that what I want to do and what I've got to take care of gets taken care of first before I give to anybody else or before I give to God or before I do anything else with what I have. Because I owe me. I owe me. So when you feel greed, you need to pause and look at your heart. It needs to be a light that goes off. And so what do we do? How do we respond to this emotion of greed in a healthy way? Um, I believe this is a great way, and it's simply to give. This could this could mean this could mean many things from many different people because I think we all struggle with this in different some of us struggle with it in money, some of us struggle with it in time, some of us struggle with it in 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 being available emotionally to the people that we're in relationship with. Some of us struggle with it with our homes. Some of us we we all have a different so giving could look different for you. Maybe it is financial giving and you need to learn to be generous with that so that you can counteract this emotion that's going on. You need to check your heart and say, Ooh, why am I why am I struggling with this so much? Maybe it's that you need to start having conversations with your spouse because you realize that you've been withholding from them and you haven't been giving to them in a generous way in the relationship. Maybe it's maybe it could be anything. It could be anything. It's this emotion of greed. And so check your heart. Is there, is there somewhere in your heart, is there somewhere in your life to where you feel like, man, I just can't do that. I, I, I just got to hold on to that. I just don't feel like there's going to be enough there. I don't feel like I'm going to have enough to give to them. I don't feel like there's going to be enough at the end of the month if I, if I honor God first. Where is it in your life? I believe that we need to become generous givers with, check this out, no strings attached. <laughs> Y'all thought I was done with point number three. And then I just throw out this no strings attached. We need to learn to be generous givers with no strings attached. What does that mean? That I'm going to give to you expecting nothing in return. I'm going to give to you just because God's called me, because I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to give something to you or to honor you in this way or to give financially or to pay for your groceries at the grocery store. And I'm not expecting anything in return. I just don't want this in my heart. I'm guarding my heart against this emotion of greed. And how am I going to do that? I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be a generous giver. And when you guard your heart or when you give, when you, when you learn to be generous, it's a way that you can guard your heart against greed. And then here's number four. I'm going to go ahead and bring the worship team back. The fourth emotion is jealousy. Jealousy. It says, life owes me. Whew, anybody ever been there? Life owes me. Here's what jealousy sounds like. 
Someone else got what or who I deserve. Somebody else got who or what I deserve. I deserve the promotion. I deserve the new job. Some of y'all, I deserve a new fence. It's my fence. <laughs> I, I deserve that. And they got it. They got what I wanted. They got what I deserved. They got what I've been working so hard for for the last seven years. They got it. And it's jealousy. I was supposed to be the successful person in our marriage, and they're getting all the success. I thought I was going to be the one that made the most money, and they make more money than me. I thought I was always going to be the most successful person in my family, but they got a better job. It's jealousy. It's this emotion of jealousy. I thought I was the most talented until I met them. I thought I was on the track to becoming boss until they moved here. And whenever you feel this way, it needs to be a moment to where a light goes off, to where you say, what's going on inside my heart? What is it that's going on inside of me right now that's causing me to feel this way? I need to check my heart. I need to check my heart. We need to pause and look at our heart. It was supposed to be me. I deserved it. So how do we respond to this emotion of jealousy in a healthy way? I believe this is one thing that we can do. is to celebrate the other person. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, mm, I'm going to go with the first three. <laughs> but celebrating that somebody else got what I wanted or what I felt like I deserved. I'm supposed to celebrate the other person. Yeah. Write them a note. Compliment them on the very thing that you might be jealous of. You want to be free from jealousy in your heart? <laughs> Compliment the person that you're jealous of what they got or who they got or whatever it is. Compliment them on the thing that you are actually jealous of. And watch what happens. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was going to be me, and they got it. You know what? Congratulations on getting that new job. I'm so happy for you. I'm so thankful that God is blessing you. But what we do most of the time is we go home, stew on it a little bit. We start thinking about how we can get a new job. Because we didn't get what we thought we were going to get when we started working there. And it's been five years and now they moved here and they got it and I was supposed to get it and I, I deserved it. Compliment. Celebrate the other person. And when you celebrate the other people the way that we guard our heart against jealousy. Will you stand to your feet today? Whenever we, whenever we bump up against guilt and anger and greed and jealousy, we need to pay attention.
if, if there's some guilt in you right now, you need to pay attention. If there's anger in you right now, you need to pay attention. If there's jealousy or greed in you right now, you need to pay attention. It's a, it's a way that God is saying, check the engine. Check the engine. This is not going where you want it to go. Check the engine. You need to fix the problem. You need to fix the problem. You need to fix this problem. These things are alerting us of danger. And here's what we know. If we ignore the warning, regret will be waiting on the other side. If you ignore the warning that God's trying to give you today, regret might just be on the other side. I don't think there's anybody in here that would say that you want to live with regret. Check your heart. Guard your heart. Because it determines the course of your life. It's not what you eat or anything like that. What you put in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out. Why? Because what comes out is what's in. And eventually what's coming out of you will mirror what's going on in you. And so today I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm asking you, check your heart. Check your heart. Don't just brush it under the rug, but respond to it in a healthy way. And I want to leave you with this statement that I think we have on the screen, and then we're going to pray together and sing together. To the extent that you learn to guard your heart is a direct reflection of what the course of your life will look like. To the extent that you decide I need to guard my heart to the extent that you guard your heart because what's in your heart determines the course of your life your outside will eventually reflect your inside and so to the extent that you learn to guard your heart is a direct reflection of what the course of your life will look like it matters it matters will you bow your heads and close your eyes today I want to invite our prayer team to come down if you're here today and you say, man, I, I need to respond to this message. I know that I know that this was for me. There's some things going on in my in my heart and there's some actions and there's some things I've said. And and now I know where it's coming from. I know where it's coming from. And today I'm checking my heart. If that's you and you say, man, this message was for me. Will you pray for me? Will you just throw your hand up right now where you are? Thank you. Thank you. God, you see every hand all across this room. Those of us that may be dealing, even right now in this moment, might be dealing with one of these four emotions. Lord, I pray that you would show us what to do with that emotion, that we would respond to it in a healthy way, that we would do what you tell us to do with that, Lord, that we don't have to have regret and we don't have to walk through uh, these things in our lives and doing things that we wish we hadn't have done if we'll just check our hearts today and even every day from this day forward, just check our heart. If we bump up against one of these things, Lord, we're going to check our heart today. We're going to check our heart on Monday. We're going to check our heart on Thursday. We're going to make sure that we're guarding our heart because from it, it determines the course of our life. So today we make the decision to guard our heart. And I want to pray for those of you, before we sing, I want to pray for those of you that, that maybe you, you don't know Jesus personally today. And you want to know him. And you would say today, I want to know Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. I don't want to do life my way anymore. I want to surrender my life to him so that he can have control because I know that everything that he has for me is good and pleasing and perfect. So if that's you, 
just right where you are. We're not going to do anything crazy. But I want to lead you in a prayer. And we're all going to pray this prayer together because nobody prays alone. But if that's you and you want to make that decision today, say, you know what? I need to give my life fully to Jesus. Will you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your life for me. I admit that I've sinned and I need your forgiveness. So will you forgive me today? I receive your forgiveness today. I receive you into my life. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands for those that made that decision today? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, hey, here's what we're going to do. We always like to have an opportunity at the end of every service for anybody that needs prayer to receive prayer. And so the worship team is going to sing one final song. We just ask that nobody leave. This is a part of the service. Just be respectful of those that God might be dealing with you uh, or those around you. And if you don't need prayer for anything today, I just invite you. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices. Let's worship God in this place. Let's declare that no matter what season we're in, no matter what life looks like right now, that we will praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So when the worship team begins to sing, if you need prayer for anything in your life, you can slip out of your seat and come down for prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.